once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. This is their story. Once Upon a Wasteland, Episode 8, The Power Confided to Me. The chem takes effect very quickly. You're going to feel sleepy. Once you're in a REM state, the pod will begin your skydiving simulation immediately. Once it's complete, we'll gently wake you up. The experience itself lasts about eight minutes. I'm already feeling it. I'll see you soon, Courtney. I'll see you when you wake up. Just relax and have fun, Alice. I'm confident that this experience will convince you that this technology alone is worth the price of your investment. She's in REM, and everything seems to be going well. Brain activity is a little high, but well within tolerances. It could just be an indication of an active mind, or a vivid dreamer. She is a sound sleeper, that much I know. Sometimes I feel like I should put a mirror under her nose to make sure she's still breathing. <laughs> hmm. What is it? Brain activity is increasing. Is that a problem? No. She most likely just got to an exciting part of the simulation. Heart rate is increasing as well, but this is a skydiving simulator, so that's to be expected. Hmm, right. So, how much has Craig told you about all this? Just the broad strokes. Well, if you end up coming aboard formally, there's a lot to explore beyond that. Most of it is pretty opaque to someone who's not a scientist, but... Sometimes I can't help but geek out about it. Oh, I don't mind that kind of thing at all. Even as a non-scientist, that level of detail has always fascinated me. If your eyes start rolling back into your head while we're discussing it, I'll know I've gone a bit too far. Oh, what's happening? Doctor? Brain activity and heart rate are spiking. Blood pressure, too. Damn it! Can we... Pull her out? No. Once the subject is inside the simulation, forcefully bringing them out of it is too much of a neurological shock. It's like the old wives' tale about waking a sleepwalker. Except, well, this isn't an old wives' tale. It will kill them. What can we do? There's nothing we can do. At this point, it's all up to them. All up to them? What do you mean? They have to bring themselves out of the simulation. The problem is, is the person's mind knows something's gone wrong, and it tries to compensate. That creates a conflict with the pod's programming, and results in what's called a Hofstadter Mobius loop. A Hofstadter Mobius loop is only supposed to happen within an artificial intelligence, not in humans. I know. The best I've been able to come up with is that it's the specific combination of this technology and the human mind. Wait. I thought you said you weren't a scientist. I'm not. I just read a lot. H. Mobius loops are pretty arcane. They're not the kind of thing you'd read about in Tesla Science Magazine. We have more important things to worry about than what's on my bookshelf. There has to be something we can do. I've hypothesized that external stimuli may help because they introduce more reality for the subject to hold on to. I'm willing to try anything. I'm going to open the pod. I don't want to risk overstimulating her and exacerbating things, so let's start by having you hold her hand. All right. 
Perfect. Just hold her hand like you would when you're together at home, or walking together. Is there anything I can do? Yes. We'll need plenty of boiled water and clean towels. Preferably warm ones. Boiled water and warm towels? What are- Please, Craig. Time is of the essence here. Of course. I'll get right on it. I am also a little curious about how boiled water and warm towels are going to help. They won't. I just wanted to get him out of our hair. Him being here would just stress us out, and we need to focus. If she comes out of this, we'll need to be very careful with her. You mean when she comes out of this? Courtney, I don't want to sugarcoat this. The more time she spends in the loop, the less likely it is she's going to come out of it. But the good news is is that holding her hands seemed to have an impact. Her brain activity, heart rate, and blood pressure all decreased a bit. How much time does she have? It's different for everyone, but it's not long. Beth, can you hear me? Anything? There does appear to have been a reaction. Try talking to her again. Beth, if you can hear me, you need to wake up. There's not much time. Please, just, just come back to me, okay? Why did you call her Beth? It's, um, it's her middle name. I see. Just keep holding her hand for now. She's stable, but we're still working with a limited amount of time. Tell me about her. What's she like? Um, well, she's passionate, loyal, smarter than she gives herself credit for, and she's tough. She's had a lot of trauma growing up. It's been hard for her at times. But now she has you. Yeah. What's wrong? I I feel like I just found her, and now I'm afraid that I'm going to lose her. Try not to think like that. Just be here for her. I know this probably isn't something a scientist should say, and I certainly don't have any evidence to back it up, but I think it helps. I hope so. Beth! There was another spike in brain activity. That's what triggered the alarm. Damn it. What is it? What's going on? It appears that her body has begun biosynthesis of DMT. An N-dimethyltryptamine? Uh, yes. And if you know what DMT is, you understand the implications. <laughs> She's dying. I've never seen a loop behave this aggressively. I'm... I'm sorry. I think you should... Say your goodbyes. I am not ready to say goodbye. I know. We never are. But you're going to regret it if you don't. The only thing I'll regret is if I stop fighting. Then fight. And I hope you win. Beth, wake up. Please, wake up. You can't leave me now. I'm sorry I was so hard on you. I'm just afraid of having my heart broken again. But the only thing I'm afraid of right now is losing you. Just wake up. This is new. What's happening? Her brain activity spiked again, a few seconds after you stopped talking. That's usually the brain's last gasp before the subject dies, but... But she's still alive. Not only that, her vitals are returning to normal. Well, normal-ish. There's still some spikes, but they're not as acute as what we were seeing when things went sideways. Does that mean she's going to wake up? I... I don't know. This is all new ground for me. I've never seen someone wake up when they were that far gone. Courtney, I need you to prepare yourself. If she wakes up, there's a strong possibility of neurological damage. It could be temporary. It could be permanent. It could be minor. It could be serious. Or maybe there won't be any damage at all. But you need to be prepared for the possibility that there is, okay? I am not going to give up on her, no matter what. Good. She's going to need you. When will we know? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. 
I hope this is enough water. I had Henry boil as much as I could transport. Thank you, Craig. What's our status? We're not sure. Miss Halstead passed the point of no return. Or what we thought was the point of no return, at least. But she's still with us. Unconscious, but still with us nonetheless. Her vital signs are reasonably close to normal. I take it we won't know anything further until she wakes up. If she wakes up. I don't want to make any assumptions right now. I'm sorry, Courtney. I... I understand, Doctor. May I have one of those towels, please? Of course. Courtney, please take this and place it under Alice's head and neck. Dr. Holcomb? Come here! I think she's waking up. Ugh. Am I... dead? Oh, God, my head. There shouldn't be any headaches like this in the afterlife. Oh, you are not dead. Doctor, can you give her something for the pain? Yes, I'll give her an analgesic. That should take care of her headache and allow her to relax. Her brain is still coming down from that spike. Craig, can you give us the room? I want to limit the number of voices she hears until we can ascertain the level of neurological trauma she suffered. Uh, sure. Is that why she's speaking in an English accent? Neurological trauma? It must be. Trauma can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. I'll come get you when I have an update, but the fact that she woke up at all is highly encouraging. Did you record the data from the session? I did. And it may provide insight on how we can bring people back if they get stuck in a loop. I hope that's the case. Thank you, Doctor. We'll talk later. Beth, I'm going to give you something to make you feel better, okay? Okay. Thank you. That should do it. Alright. I know who she is, but who are you? Um, excuse me? I thought I recognized her from the vault, and then you called her Beth and not Alice. But hearing her drop the American accent is what made it click. So, who are you, and what are you and Beth Kirby doing here? I, um... Don't worry. I'm not going to tell Craig. At least, not necessarily. Just tell me the truth and we'll go from there. But if you're just a couple of rival gang members looking to steal this tech, I'm going to be very disappointed. We are not. I'm sure you'll understand that I can't just take you at your word. Of course. I think we'll be able to prove it to you, but not here. Why don't you start with who you really are? My name is Odessa. Odessa Valdez. Alright, Odessa. I don't remember you from the vault. And if you were part of Andrew's cloak and dagger diplomacy program, I think I would. I wasn't in Vault 76. I'm from California. California? That's quite a hike. Well, California girl, if you're working with Beth Kirby, that means you're working with Andrew. Unless... No, no, he's fine. And yes, I'm working with them as well. Mr. Kirby is... Semi-retired, but, well, he seems to forget that sometimes. <laughs> that sounds like him. I'm sure he's driving poor Elise crazy. Oh, she's holding her own. She's quite formidable herself. She is. Especially if... Wait, this is none of my business. But are you and Beth... together? Or is that just part of your cover? We are together. Yes. <sighs> Alright. You two being here changes everything. As far as any of us knew, this was still a secret, and that allowed me to continue to refine the technology to make it safe. Craig is a decent guy, at least as far as mob bosses go. But I don't think he understands just how exposed he's going to be once word gets out. Does he know about Project Mind's Eye? Wow, you are good. No, at least not directly. He knew there were other labs, 
but not the specifics on that project. He assumed that those labs were just associated with this tech. And I let him operate under that assumption. It sounds like we all need to have a long talk about this. Can you get away long enough to do that? I think I can sell Craig on the idea that I should accompany you and Beth home so that I can keep an eye on her. He really is concerned about her. That's not an act. Beth has a medical bay at her place. It's really just there so she can get patched up if she gets injured or gets sick, but it should do. Perfect. We'll need to keep a close eye on her. And I'll need a copy of any diagnostic data we get. I don't mean to sound cold, but it will be very helpful for my research. I am a scientist. I understand the value of data. Ah, I thought that might be the case. I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about, Miss Valdez. Beth should be stable enough to make the trip soon. It will be an adventure, but as long as we keep her pointed in the right direction, we should be fine. Wait here, and I'll go talk to Craig. I'll be back in a few minutes. Sleepyhead? How are you feeling? I... I'm not sure. Just try to relax. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. You had a quiet night. And that's very encouraging. I'm going to leave some cams with you, along with instructions on when and how to use them, if you need to. Everything from analgesics to antipsychotics and anti-seizure medications. Do you expect seizures? I don't expect them, especially given the improvement we've already seen, but I want you to be prepared in case they do happen. I understand. Everything you need is on this holotape. I recommend reviewing it as soon as you can. I will. Thank you. With that, I have to get back to the club. Craig is, to use the clinical term, freaking out. He should be. Perhaps this will give him pause before he moves forward with providing this service publicly. I hope it does. I've been trying to get him to slow down, but both he and his sister are stubborn. I think it's the Scott in them. Is our cover still intact? It is. He was suspicious. Very suspicious, in fact. But you were quick on your feet, Odessa, and I think I convinced them that it was all easily explained. Thank you. You have our contact frequencies, right? Yes, including the secure comms channel. Great. We'll keep you updated. And I'll do the same. Goodbye for now. And try to get some sleep, Odessa. I will. Goodbye, Dr. Holcomb. And thank you. Your vital signs look good. Can you talk to me about what you're experiencing right now? You said you weren't sure how you felt, and that's concerning. It's difficult to explain. There's noise in my brain, but I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't correspond with any of my senses. It's just there. Does it seem to be getting better or worse? I don't know what the baseline should be. It's as though I've always felt this way. But I do appreciate you staying here with me, Doctor. Um, let's go through some cognitive exercises to see where you are. Do we have to? Yes, we have to. Can you tell me your full name? Elizabeth Laurel Kirby. And when were you born? 21st of April, 2081. And that makes you how old? I'm 23, Odessa. You're still a cradle robber. <laughs> well, your sense of humor is still intact. And six years isn't that big of an age difference. Can I ask you something? Something serious. Am I going to end up like Dr. Flagler? No, you're going to get better. I just... I can't bear the thought of being a burden to you or... To anyone else. You are not going to be a burden. Not to me, and not to any of the other people who care about you. But what if I don't get better? Then we'll get through it. 
together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm such a mess. You didn't sign up for this. It's okay. Do you want something to help you sleep? No. If I sleep, I might dream. Did you have nightmares last night? Dr. Holcomb said that the chem she gave you to sleep would put you into a deep sleep so you wouldn't dream at all. Not last night. At least not that I remember. But I had them before this. Vivid ones. Reliving everything that happened in the vault. Everything that was... done to me. Over and over. And when I was inside my head, I had to relive it again. But it felt much more... real than even the worst nightmare. I'm just scared that it's going to be how it is moving forwards. Same nightmares, but even worse. Do you want to talk about it? What happened while you were connected to the machine, I mean? I don't know if I can put all that into words. At least, not just yet. But you were there. And beyond that, you were the reason I was able to wake up. What do you mean? How was I... there? The machine was trying to get me to stay. To not wake up. It made it sound not only like an enticing option, but the only option. It told me I was dying, and that I could spend what felt like a lifetime with you, if I just give in. It said something about a chemical that my body was producing. I don't remember much about that, but it sounded convincing. It was telling you the truth. Dr. Holcomb said that your body was producing a chemical called DMT, and that's something that can happen in a person's final moments. It's the body's way of taking the terror out of what's happening, of, of the end. But it wasn't the end. I don't know if it was a creation of the machine that rebelled against what it was trying to do, or just my own mind fighting back, but I heard your voice. The real you. Not a false Odessa that was trying to ease me into the grave. What is it? Are you alright? You did hear me. It was you? Dr. Holcomb suggested that I try talking to you. She wasn't sure if you'd even be able to hear me, but at that point we were out of options and I... I wasn't ready to say goodbye. Did you mean what you said? Every word of it. You really are my North Star. You guided me back to you. You guided me home, Odessa. I... I'm sorry. I'm kind of emotional right now. I'm not normally like this. It's all right. Dr. Holcomb said that you might experience mood swings and unusually strong emotions. We just need to take things easy for a little while, and you need to rest. Can you radio my parents? They need to know what's happened. I did that while you were sleeping, and I told them that you are going to be okay. Fortunately, it doesn't appear that our inside man had an opportunity to reach out to Dad before you contacted him. He and Mum would have stormed through that door to check on me if he had. We can visit them later. Perhaps a fresh air will do me some good. It might help clear my mind a bit. Get me re-centered. We can go see them after lunch. Until then, you should relax. I have the medications that Dr. Holcomb left right here in case we need them. That sounds wonderful, Odessa. Could you... Um, could I what? Could you read to me? I know it's silly, it's just... Hearing your voices... I would love to read to you, Beth. Thank you. I have just the book right here. Lily, it's lovely to see you. Please, have a seat. Thank you for radioing us, to let us know that she was alright, my dear. Of course. We wanted to make sure you knew she was safe and recovering, just in case your operative reached out to tell you what happened. He didn't, but that's not surprising. He has to be quite cautious about communicating with me. And there are times that he simply can't get away. Now, Lily, do you want to talk about what went wrong? All I know is that things didn't go according to plan. No, Daddy. 
They didn't. They went very badly indeed. There was some sort of problem and, well, I... There were complications. We're not sure what happened specifically, but Beth was trapped. Trapped? What do you mean by trapped? I was trapped inside my own mind. Some combination of my brain and the machine triggered a response from both. And that response made me have to fight to wake up. Oh my god. We knew the use of this technology carried risks, but... I never should have allowed you to do this. You've always done everything in your power to protect me, Daddy, but... I'm an adult and it was my decision whether or not to take that risk. I knew the potential dangers, but it was the right call based on a situation and the available information. And I think you know that. I do. But adult or not, you're still my daughter. And I still worry about you. I know, but I had Odessa guide me out, and Dr. Holcomb kept me stable while that happened. Doctor who? Dr. Holcomb. Rebecca Holcomb? She said she knew you from the vault, and she recognized Beth. She didn't blow our cover, fortunately, and even helped paper over her accent when she was coming out of it. I'm afraid you have me at a loss. I don't remember a Rebecca Holcomb. That's strange. She certainly seemed to remember you. She even asked if you were driving Elise crazy. I trust that you answered, yes? <laughs> I demurred. For what it's worth, I didn't recognize her, but that doesn't mean much. All those vault scientists sort of run together in my mind, apart from Dr. Flagler. I'm certainly curious about this Dr. Holcomb, but unfortunately, we have rather bigger fish to fry. What's going on? For the most part, movements of factions and sub-factions around Appalachia have been incremental. Exceptions have happened, of course, like the Brotherhood's arrival two years ago. But in those cases, it's been one faction doing the moving. And that's not what's happening now? I'll let Charles explain. One moment, and I'll get him. I wonder, could it be that he feels the rope tightening so he's taking more aggressive action? It could, I suppose. Or he could have decided that there was no need to take things slowly anymore. That Appalachia is so fundamentally weak that he doesn't need to be quite so... precious about everything. He hasn't taken direct action against the Brotherhood, other than trying to steal what we'd already found from my lab. Well, you've established yourselves as one of the stronger factions in the region already. It seems as though it's inevitable. But perhaps he feels that he needs a bit more force behind him before he does that. A consolidation of power makes sense. It does, and it's something we need to prevent. I just wish I knew how. Hopefully Charles has come up with something. Speak of the devil. And the devil appears! Shotzi, I was worried sick. Are you feeling better? I'm getting there. You are definitely the scion of Andrew Kirby. I swear, one or both of you will be the death of me. <laughs> you love us. I do. Charles, you have some new intel? I do. Well, new-ish. Uh, this Morningstar is a canny bugger. What do you mean? How much do you know about this character? Not a lot. His superpower seems to be that he is mysterious. I know that he was a major power player going back several years, even before the Scorched Plague. But he went underground, and by all accounts he's been pulling the strings from very deep in the shadows since then. Indeed, and things have become more and more obfuscated over the years, to the point that it's impossible to know which endeavours he actually may have involvement in, and which are simply someone attaching his name to it for effect. I always got the feeling that most of what we heard fell into the latter category. Given his reputation, it seemed as though he'd be far more likely to involve people in his various schemes without them even being aware that he was behind them. Otherwise, there isn't much point to staying in the shadows to the extent he has. And besides that, it all seemed a bit scattershot, which didn't fit in with his previous work. 
I frankly wondered if he was even still alive, or if he ever really existed in the first place. What do you mean? It sounded like he was real at least before the Scorched Plague hit. That's the thing about legends. There comes a point where you can't even trust what seems to be historical. <laughs> and you know a thing or two about that. Now, now. But in any case, what we're seeing now is significantly more aggressive than what we've ever seen since he left the stage. That little display at Fort Atlas, for example. That implies a level of hubris that simply wasn't present before, even when he was at the height of his power. The same goes for the operation at Foundation. He no longer seems to care about anyone knowing that it's him. In fact, he seems to be reveling in it. But why would he target me like he has? I don't see how I could have run afoul of him in a way that would merit this kind of attention. Even if some of my freelance work got in the way of his operations, it's far from a proportionate response. Indeed, and what I've been doing is going over our various intel reports to see if I could identify a pattern, and separate the wheat from the chaff, as it were, whilst I did that. But you said doing that was virtually impossible, given the sheer number of things that seem to have been done in his name over the years. I did, so instead of trying to look at his entire oeuvre, I concentrated solely on the past six months or so, starting when his tech started to become an area of focus for the various factions. That makes sense. Given the way that this has all played out, it's unlikely that these are simply a series of unrelated operations by each group. Yes, my working theory is that he was parceling out the intel on the locations of each of these labs so that no one faction had enough of their own to put two and two together. And considering who some of those groups were, it's likely they thought it was just a smash and grab and not part of some overarching effort. Do you think that the Brotherhood's presence in Appalachia had anything to do with his plans accelerating? Craig expressed a strong opinion regarding what he thought we'd do if we found out about all this tech. An incorrect opinion, but still, a strong one. It's possible. You've been steadily gaining strength since that unfortunate Romani Shin business, uh, so his aim may be to at least acquire all of the tech before you have the opportunity to. Even if he'd still need the time on the back end to get it to do, well, whatever it is he wants to do with it. That first operation, when we first met, that certainly could have demonstrated to him that it was only a matter of time before you turned your full attention to it. After frankly far too much time looking at maps and poring over intel, I noticed that there were specific gangs as well as mercenaries whose actions seemed to be working in concert, and I noticed three locations that may, and I must stress may, be bases or at the very least important locations for those groups. You believe they're working for the Morningstar? That's my theory, but it's, it, it's just a theory. It could be a coincidence, and the pattern I recognised may not be a pattern at all. I trust your instincts, Charles. This could be the breakthrough that we need. Where are these three locations? There's a former Free State bunker in the Mire, not far from the lab where you and Elizabeth first met. Has there been any indication that the Free States are involved in the Morningstar's plans? No, interestingly enough. Uh, they seem to be staying out of each other's way, but not in a molotov Rippentrop way. They don't seem to be involved at all. And the other locations? There is one in the Ash Heap. That one jumped out at me because it's an abandoned mine that had a very large contingent of mole miners that were summarily wiped out not long ago. And the third one is in the Savage Divide, not far from Fort Atlas, in fact. If they're establishing a base close to Atlas, they could be planning on a direct assault on the Brotherhood. They could indeed. That location, however, has been largely quiet for a period of months, unlike the other two. My operational assessment is that there would be no imminent threat to the Brotherhood. 
interesting thing about this one is that unlike the other two, it has a name. A name? What is it? Flagrante Bello. It's Latin. For with war blazing, more or less? Yes. It gained that name by being the site of significant factional fighting over a period of years. We believe that there may be a large underground compound somewhere near there, but we have thus far been unable to determine whether that is the case or not. It would make sense that there's something there worth fighting over. And with that much fighting, it must be something big. If there is, whatever that something big is, has been lost to history. Uh, we haven't found either records or anyone with direct knowledge to confirm it. Sounds a bit like Crane's treasure. There were dozens of people looking for that over the years. Maybe hundreds. Indeed, but in any case, at this point, best we can tell is that a group of raiders control the area. I wish Amanda was still here. She'd be able to help us get to the bottom of this. I have an idea. I'm all ears. We can't go undercover since everyone at the spider's web knows us now, but we still might be able to pick up some chatter. I used to do that when I was still with Amanda. It was almost like a game. People tend to overshare when they've been drinking, and we got a lot of information that way. Are you feeling up to that? <sighs> no, but I don't think we have a choice. Unfortunately, I agree. Please, be careful. And Odessa, knowing you'll be there with her makes me feel rather better. And me as well. Thank you. I won't let you down. I'll take good care of her. Thank you, dear. Let's head home. I'd like to rest up a bit, then we can get changed and head to the web. That sounds perfect. It certainly seems like business as usual in here. I have to admit, I was a bit worried that things would devolve without her here. She has a good team in place. We spent a lot of time here while you were away, and that became very clear. How much time did you spend here? Enough that people thought we were seeing each other. Ooh, another victim, caught in the web by the spider herself. Oh, <laughs> stop. I'm glad she took care of you while I was away. And she's still taking good care of us, even while she's away. She took very good care of me. Anything I need to know about? <laughs> My lips are sealed. <laughs> You're terrible. She'll be back, Beth. I just hope she's okay, wherever she is. She is. I can feel it. If she stays away too long, you, Cindy, and I will have to form a support group. <laughs> Amanda Anonymous. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. How are you ladies doing? Can I get you anything? You have been so sweet, Bones. You have a bar to run, you don't have to keep doting on us. You're sitting at the boss's table, you get the boss treatment. Well, in that case, another round. Coming right up. And Bones, please do let us know if your ears happen to catch anything... interesting. Oh, sure thing. I don't think I ever told you. This is where I first heard about you. Right here at this table. You didn't tell me that. You mentioned that you heard people talking about me when we were chatting in that first lab, but you didn't get into the details. Well, let's hear it. I was here with Amanda, and I was feeling a bit... lost, I suppose. She was doing her best to cheer me up, but... I was in a dark mood. Oh, well, you were with the right person at least. I was. She was about to take me home to comfort me there, when some Brotherhood types happened in. Members of the Brotherhood? Here? Don't act so surprised. The spider's web welcomes everyone, as long as they keep their noses clean. Well, except for blood eagles, they're not even allowed through the door. That's a wise policy. So, is that a regular thing? Brotherhood members hanging out here? Well, it's not as common to see them as it is settlers or traders, but it's not uncommon. I hadn't seen any when I was here. 
Knight Carlson was still trying to smoke out the moles while you were gone, and Romani had everyone on lockdown. Well, everyone other than me. That must be why I didn't see any. I'm sure. You lot were as busy as Dad and I were when we were away. At any rate, just as we were about to leave, three of them came in. Amanda knew them, and, well, we decided to stay. And I was glad we did. They were a lot of fun to chat with, and eventually, after a few drinks, your name came up. Oh, my. I'm not sure I want to hear this. I can stop if you want. I wasn't being serious. I absolutely want to hear this. <laughs> Alright, well, it seems that Amanda had heard about your fans coming to visit you and trying to woo you. And there was a discussion, shall we say, of that. Ugh, is that all anyone knows about me? You mentioned the same thing when we first met. It's just because they haven't had the opportunity to meet you. The real you. Paladin Romani, Knight Shin, Knight Banks. Their roles mean that they're out there in Appalachia. You haven't been afforded that opportunity nearly as much. Well, that does seem to be changing a bit, thanks to you. It's all down to you, Odessa. You constantly amaze me. The situation keeps pushing you and pushing you, and all you do is continue to demonstrate your potential is limitless. That's... Uh, thank you, Beth. If I didn't know better, I would think you liked me or something. <laughs> well, I suppose I do. So, you were saying, Amanda knew about people from the Wasteland trying to pick me up. Yes, and the Brotherhood members knew all about it as well. Amanda asked them how many had done it that day. Do I want to know how many it was? I believe it was... five? Ugh. What's wrong? Slow day? <laughs> it tends to come in waves. I'm sure it does. Were you ever... tempted? Not really. Occasionally. A little. I don't know. I never seemed to be in the right headspace to feel like saying yes. The thing with Derek took a toll, and it's not like I didn't have plenty to do. It didn't make sense, but I think I kept subconsciously comparing them to him. It wasn't fair. Hell, I wouldn't even be able to compare him to him. It was this idealized version that I made up based entirely on the good times. <sighs> I know it's not rational. Love often isn't, and you clearly loved him deeply. The double grief of a lost bliss is to recall its happy hour in pain. And that thy teacher knows. But that finally feels like it's in the past now. I wasn't sure I'd ever feel that way. And all it took was meeting you. Beth, I, um, there's something I want to tell you, but... But what? It's not rational. And I'm... well, it scares me a little. It's alright, Odessa. I never want you to be afraid to tell me something, rational or not. It's not just telling you. I'm scared to feel this way, especially this soon. I think the best thing to do is just say it, and I may have something to tell you as well. Beth, I... Um, excuse me. I hate to interrupt, but But I... you did. What is it? I have your drinks. You interrupted us for that? And you may want to take note of the two jamokes over at Table 7. They've been eyeing you two up since they came in here and... Not, not in the way guys usually eye you up. Be careful. Thank you, Bones. We will. To us. To us. How are you feeling? I don't know that I've ever felt better. But... If I'm being honest, I'm a little tired. Then I suppose I'll need to get you into bed. You don't need to tell me twice. But Bones is right. Those two are clearly up to something, and they may not be alone. Wait here and I'll arrange an escort. Beth, where's Odessa? She'll be back in a moment. What's wrong? It's all hands back at Atlas. Paladin Romani couldn't raise Odessa on comms, so she sent me out to find her and bring her back. What's happened? There's an old raider hotspot that's a stone's throw from Atlas. It's been cold for a while now, but 
It's heating back up. We're concerned that they may be gearing up for an assault on the Brotherhood. Damn it! How could Charles's gut be that wrong? Greg, what are you doing here? Looking for you. We need you back at Atlas. Like, now. I'm sorry, I didn't bring a radio with me. How did you even know where to find me? Romani told me to check Beth's place, her parents' place, and here, in that order. She did say that she'd done her homework on me. I'll explain the situation on the way. Nothing's happened yet, but we need to be ready in case it does. It's flagrante bello. Sounds like something's happening there and the Brotherhood wants to stay in front of it in case they're preparing an attack. Didn't Charles say- He did. And that leads me to believe that something else is going on, but it's prudent to be ready. Knight Carlson, I'm at the Brotherhood's disposal. Are you sure you're feeling up to it? No, but if there's a fight, I want to be at your side. Sorry, Beth. Romani gave strict orders that it's Brotherhood personnel only. But I- A freelance contractor. You're not Brotherhood. I'm sorry. Greg, she could help. Then you'll have to take it up with Paladin Romani when we get back. I'm under strict orders to bring you, and only you, back with me. It's alright. I'll stay with Mom and Dad tonight. And I'll keep Radio with me in case you reach out. I arranged an escort with Bones. Tripod and Gino are ready when you are. Benny is going to follow, but out of sight. They'll make sure you get to your parents' place safe and sound. Alright. Thank you. Knight, please ensure that nothing happens to her. I will. And Odessa. I'll miss you. Please stay safe. I'll miss you too. Get some rest. I'll radio you as soon as I can. Everything okay? I don't know. Something about this doesn't feel right, but... Maybe the Brotherhood is always like this and it's just something I'll have to get used to. Oh, the boys are ready. They'll take care of you. And not just because Amanda would wear their intestines as a hat if anything happened. <laughs> well, that's quite the visual. Thank you, Burns. I'm ready to go. Sounds good. I'll keep an eye on those two jokers, too. Maybe they'll do something stupid and I'll be able to throw them out. I really didn't like the way they were looking at you two. Hopefully they were just creeps. Hopefully. Excuse me, have you... Is Scribe Val... Will someone please tell me what's going on? Beth. Hey. I'm glad you're here. I assume you heard? Heard what? Oh, no. You didn't? Shit. Didn't. Hear. What? Beth, it's, it's Odessa. She's... Oh, God. She's been taken. Taken? By whom? We don't know. They got jumped on their way back here last night. And Greg fought them like hell, but... There are too many of them. Do we have any information at all? We scrambled every available resource the moment he told us what happened. We have patrols in the field, we're, we're working contacts, we're... We're doing everything we can. I will move heaven and earth to get her back. I know you will. That's why I'm glad you're here. I'll need to use a communication station to contact my father. And after I do that, you and I need to have a very frank conversation. Everything the Brotherhood has is yours to use. Romani said to give you full access to everything. No limitations. Good. Let's get inside. We have a scribe to save. Once Upon a Wasteland, Episode 8, The Power Confided to Me, was produced and directed by Brad Williams and written by D.K. Trueno, starring Letitia Lemon as Elizabeth Kirby and Vitriol Plays as Odessa Valdez. Also starring John Lawry as Knight Allen Banks, Jay Chadwick as Charles Watkins, Penal Pineapple as Andrew Kirby, and Kirsty Harrison as Elise Kirby. Featuring Elliot O'Brien as Craig McAllen, Benjamin Campbell as Knight Gregory Carlson, Aria Velvet as Dr. Rebecca Holcomb, and Eric B. Rowland as Bones. And I'm your narrator, Ashley Secon. Please join us for our next episode, Episode 9, The Audacity of Doing This.
How well do you know your video game lovers? Do you want to know more about your favorite relationship options? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the rest of the delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, a Mass Effect nerd and commander of the SS Innuendo, and on Two Girls One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady, character design fangirl, and lifelong gamer. Come check out our podcast, Two Girls, One Ship, on all your favorite podcast places. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. I'm Brad Williams, the creator of Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout story. I'd like to thank you for demonstrating your support for our show by listening. We hope that you'll continue to join us as we follow Beth and Odessa's journey toward Happily Ever After. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain, please check out our minisodes, where we'll do deep dives on a specific behind-the-scenes aspect of the show. Things like character studies, background information on the story or a specific episode, and even on the creative process in general. Don't be surprised if members of the cast visit from time to time as well. We'll also read any new five-star reviews. For more information on our show, you can visit our website, onceuponawasteland.com, where you can find show information, scripts for each episode, artwork, and more. You can also find us on Twitter at onceupon76pod. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review, and I hope you'll subscribe as well. And please, tell your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to me directly on Twitter at onceupon76pod or via email at info at onceuponawasteland.com. Thank you. and weather. Well, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raider!